0: If I try to unpack everything there is to study about that title, so before I even get started, I want to put that on you. I'm not going to try and put that on myself. After today, I would really challenge you to go study what it means for Christ to be the Lamb of God. Um, so before I before I continue, I'm just going to pray us in, and we'll continue. Lord God, it is so good to worship your name together as your people. People that as we, as we know ourselves, just through the way we live, if we're honest, we know we are not worthy. But God, you reached out in sending your son so that believing on him and him alone, we'd have life in your name. So Father, we praise you for that this morning. We praise you in our worship, through song, uh, through the preaching of the word, through the giving of what we have to you, through our volunteering, through everything we do this morning. We submit that and we, we give that to you as praise. So God, bless the reading of your word, bless the preaching of your word. I ask that you prepare hearts for what you have to say and let this time make much of your name. Um, you know, this this uh, list of verses that I'll be reading says a lot about what our need is. This is one of those big questions that is answered in this text. Like, what is my greatest need? And just thinking about that um, this week, I, I was just asking some of the people I spend a lot of time with at work. Just, hey, what do you think is humanity's biggest need? And I, I've kind of prefaced it with um, you know, you're probably not going to ask this question to yourself a lot. So that's okay if you, if you don't have an answer right now. You can, you can think on that. I got really quiet. <laughs> anyway, so I, would, I just said, you know, you can think on that for a while. But people, people had an answer really quickly for me. They'd, they'd say, oh, biggest need of humanity is world peace. Because um, then we can start thinking of how to uh, find answers to global warming, because that 's our biggest problem, so what we need is world peace, or um, what was the other answer? Oh, actually, we need more people to die. That was another answer I got because the world is overpopulated, so that didn 't seem like an answer to a problem that seemed yeah anyway, that that was a little dark, just took us to a dark space really quick. <laughs> You know, but someone, someone finally asked me, "Well, Jaron, what do you think is humanity's greatest need?" And I'm not going to give you the answer yet. We're going to read it in the text. If you guys will uh, open your Bibles to John chapter one, verse twenty-nine, and we'll be reading through thirty-four today. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said. But he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. And if you guys, uh, in case you guys haven't been here at the last few weeks, um, right before we've been, right before this, we've been following the testimony of John the Baptist. This was the prophet sent as a forerunner to the Messiah, who would prepare the hearts of the people of God by proclaiming, "To prepare yourselves and to repent." He was baptizing the Jewish people in the form of repentance. It was a sign that when you baptized them, it was a cleansing. And David pointed out last week that this was a this was a. Uh, a practice that wasn't even that wasn't even meant for the Jewish people originally. It was them saying to uh, other ethnic groups, any other country around them, that if you want to be part of the people of God, you have to cleanse yourself because you're dirty. But John said, "No, no, it's you who claim to have God as your father. You're the ones who are dirty. You're the ones who need to cleanse yourself." And so when you see baptism of John, that's, that's what he's talking about, a baptism of repentance. And the, this was coming from the conversations he had with the Pharisees, the high uh, religious leaders. This is the answer he gave them when they said, what are you doing? Who are you? And he said, I'm not the one. I'm not the Messiah, but I'm, I'm preparing the way for him. And so this is the next day. And if you want to try and understand the harmony of the Gospels as to where the, the story of Jesus correlates in all four books. From the, the study that I've been doing, um, the clearest consensus is what I'll be reading today is after Jesus has already been baptized by John the Baptist. And he's come back from his 40 days of temptation. So the next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That word behold is really significant. Um, The Greek word would be ida. And it's saying, look, behold, with your eyes. But the form he's saying it in is really interruptive. So it'd be like in a normal conversation we'd be having, someone enters a room and you say, look, look at him it would be it would be really important and urgent and so <clears throat> so that that brings up that question what in your life is so important that you'll interrupt a conversation for is it to to point others to Christ in my normal break room sit down conversations with my friends i'm convicted of this I'll, I'll interrupt a conversation gladly, which is kind of rude. <laughs> but I normally interrupt it for the wrong reasons. So what's so important to you that you'll you'll dive into the middle of what's happening and tell everybody to stop what you're doing and look? And I really want you to chew on that question, guys. For John, the important declaration, the important, important announcement, is that the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has come. So what does Lamb of God even mean? Does it mean God sent his barnyard pets? <laughs> no, no. We need to understand from the Jewish perspective what this would have meant. For a Jew of that time, in your religious system, any, any animal like a ram, a bull, a, a lamb, even a dove, that would have a direct link to the sacrificial system that God had set up for the Jewish people. That was saying, um, when you sinned, if you were going to be my people, your sin required blood. It was so, it was so heavy. It was such a, an offense to God that blood would be required in, in the stead of that sin it's saying guys it's bringing us to the weight of what sin really is it's so heavy it's such a an offense to god that it it really it really damns us and so god in his mercy said fine i will i'll forgive you but you need to bring something to me a sacrifice that will be that will be killed in your place so guys i really i really want to point that out to you guys that the sins that we so easily commit the, the thoughts that we so easily entertain the roads that we will go down just for the sake of a quick pleasure or or the conversations we get into that we know aren't right those offend God and those require something and and should we be spitting in the face of God by ignoring the weight of what that is. God ultimately sent the answer to that need because in Hebrews 9 and 10 it talks about the sacrifices that the Jewish people would have to give would be daily this daily shedding of blood in place of your sin. <clears throat> and and the logic of chapter 9 and 10 says if that was a sufficient sacrifice why'd they have to do it every single day what we bring to god will never be enough what we learn here is that the answer to our sin has to be an answer that ultimately comes from god for us The word is the lamb of God. He is not a lamb. He is not one among many. He is the lamb. He is the answer. And what did this lamb come to do? It says, who takes away the sin of the world. Now this also, this talks about two things. It talks about the extent, the power of what God's redemption is through this lamb. But it also talks about the extent of human, humans' sin. It talks about the weight of what we're really under. See, what we learn is that we, through Adam, the very first human being, were condemned. That all of us are guilty of damnation. We're guilty of God's righteous judgment. And so, what this lamb comes to do is for those who believe, be the answer. Guys, you know, this, this has really just been on my heart lately that, that, we don't We don't glorify Christ enough for this. Um, it seems like we make Jesus the answer to everything except our sin he's He's the one who can come into your home and bring you peace he's He's what can help you feel loved, although he does bring love, he is love but we don't we don't look at Jesus for the reason God sent him. So I just ask that that you really focus on why Jesus came. He came because you're sinful. He came because you are a sinner. I'm a sinner. And so often we try and under the weight and the pressure of that sin, we try and devalue God's holiness by saying, well, oh, my sin is small. My sin is my sin ultimately isn't a big deal. It was a white lie. I didn't cheat. I just looked at porn. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. We don't face the fact of what the weight of sin is. So God. So guys, when when we devalue the weight of our sin, we ultimately dev- devalue. The glory of God's grace. So I challenge you look at the weight of your sin. But don't don't look at your sin to despair. But look at your sin to glory in what Christ has come to do, what he has come to take away. In verse 30, John says, this is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him. Before this purpose, I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. Now the first few words of, of this declaration of John. This is he of whom I said. And this is the third time within 30 verses that we see John saying this. This is he of whom I said, comes after me. Who, after me, because, um, let me reread that, guys. This is he of whom I said, after me, comes a man who ranks before me. So, after me. This is the, the ministry of Christ came after John. John was the forerunner. But Jesus ranks before him. He ranks higher than him. Because... He was before me. When we see because he was before him, it's talking about it's pointing to a few things. It's pointing to Christ's his rank, his rank, his authority. But it's also pointing to something else. That's his deity. Before Abraham was, I am. It's Christ. It's Christ's um, eternity. That it's, pointing, that it's pointing us to. <clears throat> and John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that he is the Son of God. The baptism of John ultimately pointed to the greater baptism that Jesus would bring. See, we know that Jesus is the answer to our sin. He's the one who makes us right before God. Or he takes, us, he takes the sin away from us and makes us clear before God, clean before God. But he also comes with the power of God. Which also points to his deity. He says, I come baptizing with the Spirit. So when we seek Christ, we seek him not only to be made clean, but we also seek him to be made alive. He is who makes us alive to God that we can actually seek him and serve him with clean hands, but with a living heart, with eyes that actually see Do you seek him? Do you seek him for the power that he gives? Do you acknowledge that Christ is, that Jesus is the lamb of God, but that he's also God? Is he, is he your short answer to whatever problem is in front of you? Or is he the God that you honor and that you praise? See, what we'll learn, what we learn is that Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of our or takes away our sin. So we proclaim Christ to all that he would be revealed and bear witness that he is the son of God. See what this passage will force us to do is to look at the most profound reality of who Jesus is, the lamb of God what it means for him to come and what that says about our greatest need. And I pray that one thing that won't be said about us is that we are indifferent. Let's pray.